It's time to get up and get going, South Coast. It's time for the Tim Weisberg Show on WBSM. Also streaming live on WBSM.com and on the WBSM app. Talk to Tim now at 508-996-0500 or send him a message or a voicemail through the WBSM app. And now, ready to start your day off with a bang. It's Tim Weisberg. Good morning. Happy Friday to you. Welcome into the program. And I hope the day is starting off well for you. It's sound a little bit weird in my headphones, but uh, it is a very bright and sunny morning already. I know that because I forgot to pull the shade down. Shades, sun's in my face, but I can, I can tell you exactly how beautiful it looks. And as I said yesterday, I'll say it again, the morning sun is shining like a red rubber ball. So one of the things that we can discuss this morning, I certainly want to discuss this Jensen Hughes report on the New Bedford Police Department. And we can talk about how there's findings in there that says, you know, everything is going great. Everything is going the way that it needs to be, but there's also some room for improvement. We can also talk about what that improvement really means. One of the things that I think will be a huge shift is the introduction of these body cameras, which was already in the works. And when you have those in place, it's going to take not only the officers getting used to the body cameras being on them when they respond to calls, but also the people, the citizens that are involved in those calls. Because I don't know that citizens always are behaving properly when the police are on the scene. So we've heard a lot of accusations lobbed against the police and and, and I'm not talking about New Bedford police specifically. I mean overall. And I can't believe that all of them are true. Just like I can't believe that none of them are true. But if some of them are not true, I'm going to guess it's because the person was not acting correctly. The person is mischaracterizing the situation. And these body cameras will allow for police to say, no, I, I didn't do what they're saying. I did look at the footage. And that's going to make a huge difference in, I think, helping the reputation of police overall. Now, I, I know that there are so many and a majority and an overwhelming majority of police officers do the job and do it well and do it because they care about their community and want to do the right thing at all times. And a few, when you look at the percentages, it's a few. I know it's a lot. It has been a lot. But compared to the number of police officers, it's a small portion, have created this bad reputation. And we see that happen in all kinds of industries and all kinds of jobs where 
the perception becomes that all are whatever a small group is. I mean, I deal with it all the time because people say, what do you do for a living? Well, I, I have a talk radio show. Oh, now, so you're, you must be a loudmouth conservative. No, I'm just talking about local issues, but what does it matter either way? Like, why do you think that I'm already something that I, why are you labeling me and categorizing me already? Well, because aren't all talk radio hosts loudmouth conservatives? Well, no, because A, I'm not a conservative and we have conservatives on the station who are not loudmouths. Where's that? Now I have ink on my hands. What's going on today? So it's unfair to characterize everybody based on the actions of a few and the body cameras will help with some of that perception. So I think it'll, and I think it'll be hugely helpful here in New Bedford because that footage can help to go to show not only to, again, it all depends on how they want to utilize the footage, but it could go a long way in helping the public understand the job that police officers do. So I think that that's a huge part of this going forward. And we knew that that was already in play with the new contract. So I'm excited to see when that can get implemented. Uh, Chief Oliveira was saying it could happen as, as soon as early 2024. But they're looking for, you know, they need, need some significant grant money to get that going. But Fall River got it. And one, one thing, too, that I want to discuss today, as we are talking about the police and police work, there's a story. I saw it on uh, Channel 5 site. I usually check that one in the morning because they have, seem to have the most local stories and the layout is an easy way to check things out and uh, as opposed to some of these other sites that bog you down with a lot of ads and a lot of uh, national stories. You know, I'm, I'm looking for all the local stuff that I can find. And so yesterday, they had a patrol. I'm sorry, Wednesday night. They had a patrol over Brockton by Massachusetts State Police helicopters. They called it Operation Hot August Nights. I know the operation names are usually not very creative. But Operation Hot August Nights. Brockton police teamed with Massachusetts State Police Plymouth County Sheriff's deputies and Massachusetts Environmental Police on this, in which two Massachusetts State Police helicopters spent hours hovering over Brockton, leading to 35 arrests on various criminal charges. They also put environmental police officers on dirt bikes and had them patrolling the city. And according to Brockton Police, patrols caught riders riding recklessly on dirt bikes and scooters, which they say pose a safety risk to motorists and pedestrians. Police say they tracked and apprehended seven of them. They also tracked a driver who fled from a trooper in Brockton and was tracked to Bridgewater, where he was pursued by ground units and made arrest for narcotics and fentanyl possession. Fentanyl. Why did I say fentanyl? Fentanyl. So 35 arrests, five criminal summonses, seven dirt bikes seized by having the state police and the environmental police come in and help out. I'm going to guess that if this is a 
since this was a success, we could see something similar here in New Bedford. We haven't taken a lot of phone calls this summer about the dirt bike and ATV problem. I don't know if it has lessened. You can let me know, 508-996-0500. I know it was something that the police were examining a lot of potential ideas of how to combat, but I don't know if that means that there's been less out there. And if we would need to try something like this in the city, but would you be for it? Would you be? We talked before about having drone patrols. Councillor Gomes had mentioned that it had proposed that idea of using drones to patrol the city and to track down some of these ATV and dirt bike riders. And people, including myself, said, we don't really need an eye in the sky on us at all times. This would not be the same thing. This would be a window of time in which they were patrolling to try to combat the situation. Would you be for that? Would you be for a night where state police are flying overhead and environmental police are riding around on dirt bikes? You know, that was one of the suggestions callers had had for combating this issue in New Bedford was put the police on dirt bikes and then the police can go where the dirt bike riders go. And Mayor Mitchell said, you know, we don't want to put police officers at risk and having them have to chase these offenders on dirt bikes going into place. You know, those being pursued will take far more chances than police should be taking to remain safe. But if environmental police want to come down and do it, are you against that idea? 508-996-0500. 508-996-0500. That is the number to call in. Let's take a phone call. Good morning. You are on WBSM. Yeah. I'm calling in because I heard about the, um, the Brockton success with the police and, uh, and the environmental police. Mm-hmm. I, think, I think that actually would be a very good idea, but we got a big problem in that. It's, I have a couple of friends that's cops, but the thing is they, they're tired of arresting people, and then the system just lets them go. So they feel like they just do all this paperwork for nothing hmm. while these guys will be released an hour later because the law and criminals are soft. So how do we go about just having all this all this going on, which is a great idea, but if, if you do all that hard work and then somebody just gets a little slap in the wrist and just lets them walk out? Yeah, I mean, I can imagine that's pretty discouraging, but... Uh, is that more discouraging than just having your hands tied and not being able to do anything at all? No, I, I, I get the point. You're taking at least an hour out of the, uh, an hour to two hours out of the them out of the roads. But the thing is, the system. We need to address is the system. The system is the problem because they get locked up and stuff. But once you're locked up and you, it's like your parents telling the kid go do your room, and the kid doesn't do his room, and you're telling them ten times, it's not going to change. Yeah, I I do think I do think that, as you said, you know, having them off the roads for a couple of hours is encouraging. But also, if this keeps happening and, you know, if you're out there on this dirt bike and you keep getting pinched every single time you're out there on the dirt bike, maybe you just stop driving the dirt bike around. Yeah, but, you know, we still have to address the system, the system and how they go about punishing criminals. It's what's wrong. And it's everywhere. It's just not the kids on the dirt bikes. It's the whole system. It's, it's you commit. You're a good citizen. By some chance, you commit a crime. You're doing twenty, ten to twenty years. 
somebody with a bad rap sheet does the same crime, he's doing one to five. How do you punish that? So you reward the guy by doing more criminal more, more criminal activities than the guy that did it one time. The book should be the same for everybody. Sure. No, I totally get it. All right, you guys have a great day. Take it easy. 508-9... Oh, sorry. 508-996-0500 if you want to call in and chime in. I am going to take a break. We'll be back in just a few moments. <laughs> And 508-996-0500 if you want to call in and chime in. And uh, we also got an app chat message from Izzy in Fall River. You can send your app chat messages using the WBSM app, free to download wherever you get your apps from. Uh, good morning, Tim. And Fall River scooters and dirt bikes are a huge issue. Not long ago, a block away from my home, a police officer was hit and ran over with a quad dirt bike. Yeah, I remember covering that story, yeah. At the same location was the tra tragic death of a motorcycle rider occurred the day before. It's still an ongoing issue with these illegal riders. And I was in I was in the city I think it was last last weekend or the weekend before. Uh going down yeah, it had to have been the weekend before that this was because it was not the feast. I was going I was around the Brooklawn Park area and I saw a line of what looked like dirt bike riders they were not driving recklessly they were not popping wheelies and weaving in and out of cars and speeding down the road and everything but i was like those are those are dirt bikes and i just happened to look quickly and it looked like they had street tires on and they had license plates so i think you know some folks obviously what is he's talking about is he's talking about when they drive recklessly and illegally but I do think that people are seeing some of these folks out there on the bikes. And, and it's probably that some of those who were riding them illegally just found a way to get them legal. Because you can take a lot of dirt bikes and make them street legal. You just have to have the right tires on. I think it's you need to have the right tires, an adequate braking system, and they need to be able to go a certain speed. I don't know if it's changed since the 90s when... My cousin and I had dirt bikes, but, well, he still has them, but I don't. So, but that was, those were the the requirements. And some folks, you know, it's a lot cheaper to pick up a, a used dirt bike than it is to pick up a car. And even to pick up a motorcycle. You know, if you can, you can get a, a used dirt bike for a thousand bucks as opposed to, you know, 2,500 or 3,500 for a motorcycle. So I think that that might be something that is appealing to folks that need affordable transportation. And if they were riding it, they're like, well, all these, all these jerks are ruining it for me. I better make sure everything's street legal. So maybe that's what some of that was. But those who ride them recklessly, 
and just don't care about others around them. That's that's the problem. And I've I've seen that happen. I've I've seen that happen with motorcycles. I was on Route 24 in the area of Brockton. This was a couple of years ago, right around um, the main Brockton exit, over by the hospital and the car dealers and everything. And there was some traffic. A motorcycle rider decided to weave between the cars, but did it on one wheel. He popped a wheelie and weaved between cars that way. Which is already a danger enough if you're going to weave between cars and traffic without slowing down. But when you're going to do it on one wheel, all it takes is just one mirror sticking out a little bit too far to really screw you up. And how often have we seen it happen where somebody's driving recklessly? It, does, it could be anything. It could be a motorcycle. It could be a car, truck, whatever. And then we're like, something's going to happen to that person. And either you drive further down the road and something did happen to them, or at least they were pulled over. Anyway, 508-996-0500. We can talk more with you coming up after the news. Also, a little bit later on, uh, we will be joined by New Bedford City Council President Linda Morad after the 8 o'clock news, along with Ward 3 Councilor Sean Oliver. We'll talk about a number of issues with them. Uh, also, too, I want to discuss with you about a trip I made yesterday to the Zyterian. They are, of course, now shut down to begin their $32 million renovation. And it was really interesting to take this tour that they're offering, and they have it uh, being offered a few more times too, where you get a behind-the-scenes look at the theater. You get to go into parts of the Zyterian that you wouldn't normally go into. You get to stand on the stage. You get to go backstage. You get to go underneath the stage. You get to go onto the second and third floors. So it's it was a really cool experience, and it's free. You can sign up at Zyterian.org. You can get your tickets there, and it's free. It doesn't cost anything. Took about an hour, and you get a lot of the history. You find out what the plans are for the future. And again, as I mentioned, you get to see some things that you would never see before. And it was interesting to hear about how they're going to do some of the renovations. You know, we've heard about what's coming. We've reported on that now for, for quite a while. But to see how that process plays out, how are they going to, they're going to keep the chandelier. How are they going to keep the chandelier? What are they going to do to be able to feature that and all of that? So we can talk about that. I'm, I'm also going to work on an article with a, a gallery of photos that I took yesterday while I was on the tour. So we can talk more about that coming up. But right now, it's time to talk about the news with Adam Bass. Deadly wildfires are still being contained in Hawaii. Governor Josh Green said the fires in Maui have killed at least 53 people and are likely to be the largest natural disaster in Hawaii's history. Green said it would take many years to rebuild the town of Lahaina, which will likely cost billions of dollars. The Supreme Court is blocking the Purdue Drug Company for moving forward with a $6 billion bankruptcy deal. Thursday's decision comes after the Biden administration raised objections about the settlement that would have shielded the Sackler family from future lawsuits related to the opioid crisis. The Justice Department is proposing a January start date for former President Donald Trump's election interference trial. In a court brief filed on Thursday, Special Counsel Jack Smith proposed a trial date of January 2nd. Prosecutors estimate the trial will take four to six weeks. 
Florida governor and Republican presidential candidate Ron DeSantis hinted that he'd be willing to use drone strikes against Mexican drug cartels. During a campaign stop in Iowa Thursday, DeSantis said as president he would use, quote, whatever force he would need to to take down Mexican drug cartels with or without help from Mexico's government. Speaking of Iowa and presidential primaries, former Vice President Mike Pence says he'll restore civility to the White House if he's elected president. Pence spoke to hundreds of people at the Des Moines Registered Political Spokebox at the Iowa State Fair on Thursday. I believe we need leadership. Leadership that will stay grounded on the timeless conservative principles that have always made this country great and have led our movement to victories over the last 50 years. The former vice president and Indiana governor said in Iowa and Indiana, we know how to talk to people who don't agree with us. Pence said he hopes to see civility restored among citizens, but as he walked to the soapbox, some supporters of former President Trump heckled him, including one woman shouting, traitor. The U.S. is striking a deal with Iran to release five Americans in prison in the country. Trey Thomas reports. National Security Council spokesman John Kirby says a delegation from Switzerland helped in the negotiations. The Swiss representative did have an opportunity to meet with all of them once they got out of the prison, uh, see them physically, talk to them, and that's how we know that uh, they're out and uh, that they're generally okay. The American detainees will eventually be allowed to leave Iran in exchange for several jailed Iranians and access to about $6 billion in Iranian assets blocked under U.S. sanctions. I'm Trey Thomas. And the country of Argentina has had it with foreign soccer fans who destroy the country's money to taunt home teams. It's a common way for fans of clubs in other countries to taunt home teams about the value of the Argentinian peso, which is all but worthless because of years of hyperinflation. Tearing up money as a provocation is really popular with fans of teams from Brazil and Chile. From now on, fans caught tearing up or burning peso bills could go to jail for up to 30 days. In sports, the Boston Red Sox beat the Kansas City Royals yesterday 2-0. The Sox are still home at Fenway for a game against the Detroit Tigers tonight at 7-10. And the Patriots lost their first preseason game to the Houston Texans last night 20-9. The Pats will head to Green Bay for a game against the Packers on Saturday at 8 o'clock. As for your weather forecast, right now it is currently 67 degrees in New Bedford. A little bit cloudy, but some sun here and there. Uh, Today it's going to be humid, breezy this afternoon. Going to be 83 degrees at the maximum. Tonight it's going to be clear, temperatures reaching 58 degrees. And tomorrow it's going to be reaching 81 degrees with some sun and clouds. I'm Adam Bass, WBSM News. Stay up to date with New Bedford's news talk station, WBSM, and Get breaking news alerts and podcasts with the WBSM app. Tim wants to hear your voice this morning. Even if you can't call in, open up the WBSM app and hit open line to record a voicemail he can play on the air. Now, more Tim here on WBSM. Simple prop to occupy my time. 
Phone lines open, 508-996-0500. If you want to call in and discuss, well, we were discussing the New Bedford Police. The Jensen Hughes report was released yesterday. You can read it in its entirety at WBSM.com and on the WBSM app in Adam's story. But the, the recommendations that were made, a lot of them were things that were already being put in place. And in fact, at first, I was like, wow, this this sounds like it's parroting a lot of what we've heard. But then I thought about that. And I was like, well, that's because what we've heard is the city and the police department doing the right thing. One of the things that has been a very contentious issue with the citizens is the closing of some of these police stations and the consolidation of those stations. So when the downtown station closed... You know, people were all up in arms about that. What are we going to do without a downtown station? Mayor Mitchell was in here and he explained to us that there's enough patrols happening that that shouldn't matter. Now, keep in mind that the New Bedford Police Department is currently down about 50 officers and is looking to add to the ranks and they have increased the pay, reduced the residency requirement and taken some other measures that will help with filling in that gap between what is budgeted and what is actually there. But I don't I don't know that things have gotten worse downtown without that police station there. I think that the idea of these neighborhood precincts is an outdated idea. Mayor Mitchell said it before. It's there's there's no other cities of the size of New Bedford that are doing things like that anymore that are having these regional precincts it's more like one or two and dividing things up and the recommendation from the report is to do just that to have combined north end facilities like they did in the south end and i i I think if you're gonna have to replace police stations and build new state-of-the-art police stations wouldn't you rather build one good one than have to build Multiple at the price tag that they cost. And the recommendation was also to build a new police headquarters, which has also been discussed. Uh, Mayor Mitchell, I remember talking about that with him uh, right around the time, right before I stopped, I moved to the, to the early mornings. And he had mentioned that if that were to happen, there's a piece of property off Cogsall Street that the city owns that would be a, a prime location for that because it has easy highway access if they need to get onto the highway to get to some other parts of the city. It's centrally located. And I think that would be a good idea because people forget those who remember and shop there may remember, but everyone else might forget the police headquarters right now is a former supermarket. It was a Fernandes supermarket. So I... I am sure that the police station would like to have a facility that is built. I mean, the police department would like to have a facility that is built to be a police headquarters. It's not a bad building. I've been inside. Um, I've been through some of the offices. It's, it's not unusable. It's not like, say, Wareham, who has needed to replace their police station for decades, and the townsfolk just don't seem to have an appetite for doing so. 
at least replace the stairs in front of the building because they're constantly getting shut down because they're they're breaking. But I think that uh, Mayor Mitchell makes a, a fair point in in the discussion yesterday when he said, you know, that's that's going to be a very costly undertaking, and I don't know that it's something that we can afford right now, but it's something that we're going to have to do. So that's just one of the recommendations that were made. But this consolidation of the police stations that the city has been looking to implement matches up with the recommendations of this consulting firm. So it's it's the right path. And we've seen it working out in the South End. And I've been through that facility as well, the South End Public Safety Center. To have something similar in the north end would be very beneficial. I don't know. This is just me speaking off the cuff, so I have no data to back this up. But I think because of the amount of those apartment buildings, tenement houses in the north end, especially the near north end, I don't know that you can have just one fire station. Or if you did have one fire station, you'd want it to be located in that area. But certainly you could combine, you could have less fire stations and have a combination of things like, like is in, like is in the South End. 508-996-0500. You can read Adam's story on the release of the report. You can read the report itself. Uh, We can discuss that. As I said, I also would like to discuss this morning the behind-the-scenes tour I took of the Zyterian. If you if you are interested in that at all, jump on the website, Zyterian.org, and sign up. There are a few left, but uh, Molly was telling us that most of them are, are filling up, so you want to make sure that you get on the list. I'm sure it's something that they'll do again. They just have some scheduled for now, but they've already started the clean-out process to start with this renovation. And... I know that the renovations were a point of contention with some people because of the significant amount of ARPA funds that was given to the project. Uh, The fact that it's going to cost $32 million. But when I was seeing the renderings walking around, and, and it's one thing when they send you the renderings in an email and you're looking at it and you say, okay, it's another thing when you are in the space itself, looking at the renderings on, on a, on an easel on a stand and you're you're saying to yourself, all right, now I can see why this is needed in this room. And some of the amenities that are being put in are really just because everything else that's there is so outdated. I wasn't familiar, overly familiar with a lot of the story of how it opened in 1982. Those seats that everybody complains about, the the people who say, well, what a lovely theater. It's just I I wish the seats were a little bit more comfortable. That's because those were all secondhand when they were put in there. There were no seats. They had to add those in, and they took them from wherever they could get them. There will be new seats as part of this, new lighting, new sound system. In fact, they've taken down the sound system and I was looking at some of the speakers and I was like, that's, that's what they've been running in there? Like, we have better sound 
that we use to bring out to remotes. Like the Fun 107 van has better speakers in it than that. So they really need that upgrade. And it's going to take a while and it's going to take $32 million, but it's going to be, if it wasn't already a crown jewel of New Bedford, it certainly will be after all this is done. And what's interesting is I looked at the stage area which, if you're not familiar with the stage at the Z, they have radiators along the back wall that when they're unloading and loading sometimes and they have the, the bay doors open, they need to turn on those radiators just to keep everybody from freezing up on the stage if it's, if it's cold enough outside. And so there's radiators. And I said, that, that can't be, you know, that's, that's 1923 technology, not 2023 technology. So I assumed, as we're looking at all this stuff backstage, that that would be significantly changed, too, as part of this. But that $32 million doesn't cover anything on the stage. It's all stuff in the audience area and in the lobbies and in the offices upstairs. So that's she, uh, Molly was saying that's going to be another like $32 million project to be able to do the stage. And that that's something that would happen, you know, further on down the line. But it, it's just incredible to see how much, first of all, how much can be done to a 100-year-old building and a 100-year-old theater to, to upgrade it and, and modernize it while keeping it historic. But also how much they've been getting by with for a long time. They say, oh, really? I had no idea. Anybody that's had to use the bathroom there knows that there's going to be a lot more bathrooms as part of this renovation. But I, I suggest taking the tour, seeing it for yourself, getting to see, you know, the star's dressing room, getting to see the orchestra pit when it's covered up, getting to go on to the second and third floor. The second floor, which used to be a mini golf course. And when you see the photo of what it used to look like, you say, wow. So it's, it's, it's very interesting and I recommend it. And again, it's free to take that tour. 508-996-0500. Good morning. You're on WBSM. Hello, you're on the air. I can hear you. I don't know. I think maybe your phone's cutting out. I'll tell you what. I will cut a, I will take a break. You can try calling back in. We'll be right back in just a few moments. And back to the phones. Good morning. You're next on WBSM. Hey, good morning. How you doing? Not too bad. Um, yeah, I don't think um, I don't think the whole uh, police on dirt bikes is a good idea. I don't think you've got to bring back John Baker and Poncharelli from the 70s and get them out there. It's going to this kind of entrapment and somebody's going to get hurt. Um, I think the centrally located police station works. Um, I don't think the fire station would. You have police scattered throughout the city. They're busy all day. Mm -hmm. They're not really sitting around the station. You're not going to see seven firemen in a ladder truck parked out in front of Dunkin' Donuts. It's, they're cumbersome. They don't move quickly across the city. I don't think that's... Um, I just don't think that's something that will work. Yeah. I mean, I've, I've seen in the south end how quickly it can respond, but um, you do have a little bit more room to move around down there. Right. 
Right. And then, and then you would have a really lot of equipment all in one central location. I don't, I don't know how easy it would be to store all of that, you know, mm-hmm. and have it readily accessible. So on, on the uh, on the dirt bike issue, so what, what Brockton did is they had, you know, this was a specific targeted, like, kind of one-night right. operation where they brought in environmental police. Would you be in favor of doing that in New Bedford? Again, I, I mean, I think you're opening yourself up to the potential for some serious lawsuits if somebody gets killed, mm-hmm. you know. No? I don't know. Good point. All right. Well, thank you for Have the call. Have a great day. You as well. And uh, 508-996-0500. Uh, we got an app chat message from Squeddy who said, Hi, Tim. What about off Kings Highway, the old Shaw's? Uh, and I also think you handle yourself so well. I really enjoy you. And thanks for the tip on the theater. So if you're thinking the old Shaw's for a police headquarters, uh, part of the issue with that is it's, first of all, it's privately owned. Uh, so they would have to be willing to give that up. And I don't know that you want a police headquarters that is you know, surrounded by all these other businesses because you need police that can get quickly in and out of a station if they need to. And so being in a big parking lot with a bunch of other vehicles that are going to other stores might be an issue. I also, too, think that, you know, the, the city would have to buy that or, or lease that facility, that building, whereas... You know, the mayor was talking about this land they own off Coggeshall Street that would allow them to just build what they wanted and to their specifications. I'm working on another story slash photo gallery of some uh, vintage photos of WBSM. And as part of that and researching into that, I found an old article where they have the floor plan to the original WBSM building that was on Pope's Island is now Fathoms and the engineer general manager at the time or technical manager at the time um, Otto Arnold was talking about how it was beneficial in this article that he wrote it was beneficial to have been able to construct that building the way that they want it and I think it would be the same thing with police they'd want to construct that building the way that they wanted it to to be able to fit those needs going to take one final break of this hour but we have room for you at 508-996-0500 or hit us up with some app chat messages or open line voicemails on the WBSM app we'll be right back and I just mentioned the former WBSM studios on Pope's Island they were there a long time ago and there for quite a while. And also there for a long time has been Whirly Beds Factory Outlet. They've been in business for decades, about 70 years in New Bedford. And they have been making handmade, high-quality mattresses for you to get the best night's sleep on. So if you need a mattress, don't go to one of those mattress stores where they're going to have these you know, mass-produced, you-have-to-try-to-fit-the-mattress style mattresses no go to whirly beds where they can make sure that the mattress is best fit for you and made to give you the best possible night's sleep and that can be a cooling mattress that keeps you cool in the warm weather and keeps you warm in the warm weather they've got all kinds of different tops and all different kinds of comfort levels they can make sure that they custom tailor it for your sleep needs. Go on over and visit Patrick, Martha, and the rest of the crew over at Whirly Beds. Stop into the uh, into the factory and see Manny hand-sewing those mattresses. So much going on there. And again, also 
a big part of New Bedford's history. Go on over there and learn all about the Whirly Beds difference and get yourself a Whirly Beds mattress at the Whirly Beds factory outlet, Pope's Island in New Bedford. All right, uh, we are going to be going into the newsroom in just a moment. When we come back on the other side, we can talk more with you about the New Bedford Police Department, about this report uh, that looked at...